0: Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There, you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Well, good morning. How's everybody? Good, good. Say this with me this
1: is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Come on. Say it again. I will rejoice. rejoice. One more time. I will rejoice rejoice. and be glad in it. Amen. 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 Let's all stand together. We're going to pray. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. That's where our help comes from. Let's lift our hands. Lord, we love you today and we just thank you for your goodness to us. You're so faithful. You're so kind. You're patient. You're strong. And God, nothing gets by you. And we just thank you, Lord, that you watch over us. We are the very apple of your eye. And I pray, Lord, today, Lord, for every person that is here. You've, you've ordered our steps. You've gathered us. You brought us here. And God, you know what's going on in every heart, every life, every address. And just, Lord, by honoring you and being here today, lifting our hands to you right now, we're just saying, God, see us, help us, work on our behalf. And Lord, I'm saying, show yourself strong for them today. I pray that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased, that you would be honored, and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. And that is our prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Will you help me welcome our online campus? God bless you guys. And... Come on, let's give a great big, great big welcome. They're doing the soft launch today at East Campus. Come on, Central, let's welcome. East Campus, God bless you guys. God bless you. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we are excited, and today I'm going to be finishing up a series called God Will Make a Way. Everybody say it, God Will Make a Way. Say it like you halfway mean it. God Will Make a Way. And maybe you're telling yourself that sometimes during the week, too. You know, we're, we'll talk a little, bit more, uh, a little bit more. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in, a, in a few moments. Uh, next week' starting a brand new series, and it's called "What the World Needs Now." <clears throat> what? The I'll, I'll do it next week. <laughs> but we are living in uh, critical days, serious times, and um, we cannot just be a bunch of angry, religious people. What is it that God has for us to do? What does the world need now that we, that God can use us to do? And uh, so do not miss these, these next four weeks, especially as we talk about what the world needs now. Today, though, I want to continue with this series, God Will Make a Way. And and my assignment to today and for these six weeks that we've been on this series is to help that to just register on the inside of you so that you with confidence could be able to say and know God will make a way. God will make a way. And here's the reality. How is he going to do that? He's God. We're not. Okay? And so don't trouble your little pretty little mind, you know, trying to figure out how's how's this God, you know, Let me just ask by a quick show of hands, how many of you have ever been in a situation and you you thought, I don't know what I'm going to do is even hopeless and and God has come through for you. Come on, come on, get them up good and high. And so I can tell you today of a truth that God will make a way. Can we get an amen today? We've used the idea of life being a journey. And as we travel on this road of life, so to speak, the road is not always smooth, the road is not always straight, there are bumps, there are detours, there are delays, there's crazy other drivers, there's breakdowns, there's unexpected things, Uh, in addition to it being a great journey, we have all of those things that happen along the way. And we have to just reckon with this, that if we take this journey of life, as we do so, with its difficulties and surprises and so forth. You can do that with God or you can do that without God. Because the reality is in life, and I'm not, a, I'm not a naysayer, I'm not a doom and gloomer, I do believe we have more sunny days than we have rainy days. Anybody here today? All right. But we do have challenges. We do have surprises. We have difficulties. We have setbacks. We have things That happen in life. And I would rather have life with its challenges with God as opposed to life with challenges without God. Can I get a good amen on that today? So, God has unlimited resources. He has all wisdom. He has all might. He has all power. He can see everything. And I believe that God will make a way. Now, here's a principle that we've looked at For a number of years and specifically earlier in this series. And get this and think about this. There is nothing that is locked that God cannot either unlock or show you the key. So read it with me. There is nothing that is locked that God cannot either unlock or show you the key. And look here, show you the key. If he shows you the key, and we saw this a few weeks ago, that's when he gives you wisdom. Wisdom. He'll give you insight. He'll show you what to do, how to do it. So something that would be locked in life, and that is, you know, we're stuck. I don't, I don't know what, how to make this work. It's locked. Sometimes God will show you the key, and that is wisdom. Sometimes God will also unlock it. And when he does that, he uses his power. And that's what I want to talk today about is God's power. So, there it is. power. everybody say power. power. How many of you reckon that God has some power? Yes. First Corinthians chapter one verse twenty four says that Christ is both the wisdom of God and the power of God. So uh, in Jesus, and he is the surety, He is the promise for all of the promises of God, and remember, for every problem, there is a promise, and Jesus is the surety for those promises. He holds both the wisdom and the power of God that will help us. And that's why we can say that God will make a way. Now, when you have a situation in life, you're going to talk about it. You know, you might post about it, uh, whatever it would be, but you're going to think about it. You're going to talk about it. And I want to encourage you today that when you speak, when you talk about your challenge, your situation, that you use the language of faith. The language of faith. Because if you don't use the language of faith, you're going to use the language of fear. Proverbs tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words matter. Come on, everybody say that. Words matter. Even secular studies show that your words, what you think on, how you talk about things, frames your outlook. And your outlook largely determines your outcome. So our words really matter. And then as a believer, knowing that our our words can be empowered and helped by God, it's a very, very important thing that when we speak, when you talk about your challenge, your situation, use the language of faith. And here would be something to get in your vocabulary. God will make a way. Come on, say it again. God will make a way away. Look with me in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus is teaching. He says, "...a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks." So this idea of treasure here in the New Testament Greek words that are used here has the idea of of what is deposited what is stored, what is treasured. So you are putting things in your heart and out of the abundance of what is in there. How many of you know there could be a mix of what's in there? Well, out of the abundance of the majority of what's in there, you need to draw out of there and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In the New Living Translation, it says, what you say flows from what is in your heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And that's why I think it's good when you have a challenge, when you have a situation, it would be good to say, God will make a way. There are a lot of other things that we could say. A lot of other things that your friends may say. But you need to, from your heart, with your mouth, you need to say, you know what? I don't know how he'll do it, but God will make a way. Amen. And that's the language of faith. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says this. Uh, this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. And so here's our choices. You can overcome or you can be overcome. Okay, so I'm getting up a couple of busloads. How many of you would like to be on the bus to overcome? Okay. Okay, how many of you want to be on that other bus? No, no, no. And so part of it, like it or not, believe it or not, has to do with what is in my heart and what is in my mouth. It really. Uh, is is a real game changer here especially concerning using the language of faith so today what i want to do is to help to make this deposit into our hearts a deposit of faith so that we can draw from that in our hearts i really want to give you some substance and foundation of why we should even be able to say with any confidence that that god will make a way so let's go back and talk about abraham you may have heard about abraham in the bible he's a pretty important character okay he is called the father of faith, the father of faith. Uh, he's also called the father of all who believe. And Abraham um, was getting on up in years. He was about 100 years old, about 100 years old. Anybody here at 100 years old? Okay, 100 years old, if you can't get your hand up, just say, hey, just, uh, you know. Sorry, that was wrong. <laughs> He was about a hundred years old. God came to him and said, "Hey, you and Sarah, who was about ninety, uh, I'm going to give you all a baby." <laughs> and maybe I would have said, "Wrong number!" All right. <laughs> and so Abraham said, "All right, all right. If you if you say so." And he's ninety. He's a hundred. She's she's about ninety. And uh, let me read to you something. Father of faith, here's what he says, Romans chapter 4. And even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken even though at about 100 years of age he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb, go ahead. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. Watch this. He was fully convinced that God is able. Come on, everybody say, God is able. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Abraham believed God will make a way. Abraham did not know how God would do that. But he just believed that God was able. See, sometimes in church, in Christianity, we have a faith because we're supposed to have faith. We're supposed to believe. But I want to give you some some foundation to that, something to truly stand on that gives you a real confidence to be able to say, God will make a way. And for Abraham, it was this. He was convinced. He was fully persuaded that God is able. Come on, say it again. God is able. He knew God had power. God had capacity. God had the ability to do whatever he had promised. He knew that God would make a way. Then in Hebrews chapter 11, and let me set this up for you. So Abraham and Sarah had the baby, and they were the talk of the town. (laughs) The baby's name was Isaac, and Isaac grew, and when he was a young man, Scripture doesn't really specify the exact age, but he was a young man, Um, God speaks to Abraham again, and he says, hey, now I want you to sacrifice him. Now, he's saying, now hold up. Because you said that it was through him that I would have all of these descendants. So if we take him out, then you negate this other promise. But watch how he processed this. It was by faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Not testing him for him to fail, but testing him to prove something. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, if we go through with this sacrifice, God was able, there it is again, everybody say, God was able. God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead because he had determined, okay, if that's what you want me to do, I will do it. And remember that God stopped the sacrifice and provided a ram for the sacrifice instead. And this is the thing. He believed that God was able. He knew that God would make a way, even if he had to raise him from the dead to complete his promises. So here's what I want you to get out of that. Abraham's faith, which grew stronger, it grew in proportion to his belief in the power of God. So our faith in God will be strong when we believe that God is strong. Our faith in God will be strong when we believe that God has power and God is able. Are you with me? Second Timothy, the apostle Paul even said this. I am persuaded that he is able. So the language of faith says, I am persuaded that he is able. Not just I have faith in God, not just God will make a way, but the confidence, the strength of such a statement is that. The strength of the language of faith is what is underneath it, which is this. God is able. God is able. God is strong. And God then will make a way. Amen. So we place our faith in something or we place our faith in someone based on our confidence in their ability or strength. So I always call certain people for certain things. You know, if you've tested, you know, somebody as a mechanic, as a doctor, as a painter, as a whatever, uh, you, and they've fully performed for you, then you know to call on them again. So our, our, the strength of our faith and confidence in someone or something has to do with their strength and ability to perform something. So let's say you're going to take a long trip with a friend. Your friend has a car, you have a car. Your car's newer, your car's nicer, your car's reliable. Your friend's car, not so much. Your friend's car, you've had to pick your friend up three times in the last month at the shop or at the side of the road. And now we're deciding which car we want to take on the trip. And you say, hey, bro, let's take my car. And your friend says, well, I think we'll get better mileage with my car. And you say, no, or we might get no mileage with your car. (laughs) And so what you do, you have confidence, you have faith, you place your faith in that. And that brings a confidence and even a comfort because you know it has the power and the ability uh, to perform for you. Um, We have a hallway upstairs in, in our house. Uh, I remember a number of months back I changed the light bulb I know Alicia just just did it but it's a little out of reach and so in, right inside my study I have these couple of cardboard boxes and they have some, some files and stuff in it and I thought well I could just drag those out and stand on those but I've learned my lessons well <laughs> or I can go downstairs and in this little closet is this little step ladder okay Now, you get this. We live this. We do this all the time. I'll not use that. I'll use this because this has the strength. This this can perform. This has the ability to hold me up. Whereas this, not so sure. And what I want you to know is the faith that we have in God can be a strong faith because God is strong. And God is able. Amen. To live with confidence To have more peace and less panic. Anybody here for that? More peace, less panic. And to be able to confidently say, God will make a way. There's something that needs to be in place, and that is this. You must know that he has the power. He has the ability. For me to say confidently, God will make a way, I don't have to know how he's going to do that. He's God. He can outthink me. He can outthink you. His resources are unlimited. So with my faith in his strength, my faith in his power, my faith in his ability, then I can say, God will make a way. And I can say it with confidence and not just, God will make a way. (laughs) You know, it's football season and college has started, pros have started, and you've got your teams and then you've got your fans. Okay, And and probably in every stadium, especially in high schools and junior highs across the country, there will be fans saying, we're number one. We're number one. How many of you know there's only one number one? Okay, And so there are people that can say that. We can do the little cheer and everything else. We're number one. But unless the team has the goods, unless they have the ability and the strength to, to actually win then you cannot with confidence say we're number one. But I want you to know that God has the strength and God has the ability and God is almighty. And so we do well to put our faith in him and use the language of faith, which says God will make a way. Now let's go back to Abraham. And at one point, God changed his name. God changed Abraham's name. It was Abram and he changed it to Abraham. And in Genesis 17, God introduces himself to Abram and he says, I am almighty God. I am almighty God. Now that's the introduction. So no wonder we see Abraham with this strong faith. I am almighty God. In the Old Testament Hebrew, that word means unlimited, all-powerful, irresistible. And so God was saying to him, I am almighty God. I am unlimited. I am all-powerful. I am irresistible, which means nothing can stop what I do. And you need to know him. Just look at me for a moment. You need to know him as almighty God. You need to know that he's almighty God. From the beginning of the book, Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, I I just quoted it to you. I am almighty God, the beginning of the book. In the middle of the book, Isaiah 9, 6, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Come on, help me if you know it. Mighty God. And the back of the book, in the book of Revelation, look in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. Watch this carefully. Who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Guess what? He's always... Almighty. Always almighty. Look at Revelation chapter 4 verse 8. The four living creatures. Let me tell you about these guys real quick. There are some created beings that right now are around the throne of God. And as you'll see in this verse, they cease not day and night to just say holy, holy, holy. They're not robots. They're not just monotone. Holy, holy, holy. It's something that they see and sense about God every time they finish the word holy. Again, they see he is holy. That's why they cease not day or night constantly around the throne of God to just declare the holiness and how almighty God is. So the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, watch this carefully. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Guess what? He's always Almighty. Always Almighty. Do you know what also that includes? What that means? He never has a weak day, He never has a, a down day. God always is Almighty. Amen. We place our trust because we're persuaded that he is able. We're persuaded, we're convinced of his ability. Look with me in the book of Job, chapter uh, 42, verse 2. Job says, I know that you can do anything. So you need to get this kind of language of faith. I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. Look at it in today's English version. I know, Lord, that you are all Powerful, that you can do everything you want. Then look with me in Job 11, verse 7. Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? Now, I've been telling you that he's almighty, that he's unlimited, that he's irresistible, that he's all-powerful. Are you all with me today? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? Now, interesting, Almighty is used 48 times in the Old Testament. But in the book of Job alone, 31 of those times are in Job. 48 times in the Old Testament, and there's this concentration of referring to God as the Almighty 31 times in the book of Job. So I'm thinking, what's going on in Job? Most people, this is our understanding of the book of Job. Job's this guy, and he had a lot of problems, and he had to be patient. Well, there's way, way more to this, okay? Yes, he had problems. Yes, he had setbacks. He had surprises. He had just the worst of the worst happening, one after the other. And so his wife, his couple of friends, and himself, they talked about it. They wondered about it. They asked a whole bunch of questions They were trying to find reasons for this, and then we get down to to, uh, chapter 38, and God takes over, and God says this, okay, from now on, I'll be asking all the questions. So we have 38 chapters of Job where stuff happens, and everybody's just talking about it, and I wonder why, and I guess it's this, maybe not, and asking questions, trying to figure it all out, and after a while, God said, okay, hold up, hold up. From now on, I ask all the questions. And guess what he did? He asked 77 questions. And they're basically in three categories. I'll show you the categories in just a moment. But here's the first question God asked, okay? He said, where were you? Where were you when I created everything? And he starts with a list of things he created. I'll just give you uh, just part of it. Where were you when I created the rain, the stars, the seasons, the lightning, hail, lions, ostriches, uh, ravens donkeys hippopotamus uh, horses hawks oceans oceans teeming with fix, with fish mountains and everything concerning them and then i love this part and he says and i made earth out of nothing and then i hung it back on nothing and so he asked three categories of questions he says were you there when i did this and then he says this could you do this And then he says this, and if I gave this all to you, could you sustain this? Could you take care of all of this? No wonder it just in one one book, 31 times, no, because you're almighty. Here's here's Job's conclusion. I read it to you a few moments ago. Here's his conclusion. He says, you can do anything. You can do anything and nothing could stop you. You need to know. You need to reckon. You need to just embrace the fact God is almighty. Some of y'all actually just need to get outside more. Seriously, we have what is called general revelation that is available to everybody, believer or non-believer. And it's the revelation of God himself that is in creation. Creation tells of the characteristics of the creator. You know, uh, driving to the gym the other morning, several mornings a week, the sun is coming up and the sunrise is never the same. It's never the same and it's absolutely gorgeous. And you can believe it's gas and fire and all of those things and I'd say you would be wrong. And I I just declare to the Lord as I see it, you are the creator, you are the redeemer, you do all things well. And how about our sunsets? Do we not have some gorgeous sunsets around here? Guess what? I know the guy who makes those. (laughs) And they're never the same, never the same, constantly moving, constantly changing. And just to get outside and let creation tell you something about the Creator. And you realize uh, the best that I could ever do, I could never make anything even close to this. Even if you take a picture or paint it and you're an awesome painter, you're never even gonna come close to the breathtaking beauty of what God makes and makes and makes and makes because he's almighty. And not only does he make it, he's able to sustain it. And all the world's worried we're gonna run out of water and we're gonna run out of trees and we're gonna run out of air and not before it's time. God is able to sustain it and hold it all together and take care of all of us and just trust that. Everybody's got something to worry about. And I want to tell you something, be a good steward. Be a good steward, but don't live in this constant fear. We're going to run out, we're going to run out, we're going to run out. God saw this day and God is almighty and God will make a way. Amen. (laughs) Job's conclusion, you can do anything and no one can stop you. And then the prophet Jeremiah, Watch this? Jeremiah 32, verse 17. What is a comma for? What does it mean? Pause. I think this should be a giant comma right here. Every word counts. He goes, ah, Lord God, exclamation. And then he calls us to look to see what he just saw. Behold, look at this. You, God, have made the heavens and the earth by your great, great power and outstretched arm. Here's what I wanted you to see. There's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too hard for you. Come on, say it. There's nothing too hard for you. We know from other scripture there's nothing impossible with God. But not only is it not impossible, it's not hard. And if he made the... Heavens and the earth, he can take care of your deal. God is able, God is powerful, God is strong, God is almighty. Know this, treasure this in your heart, speak the language of faith over your situations. Realize that God can do anything. He has unlimited resources. He has all wisdom. He is always almighty. He is able. God will make a way. You know, with our computers and our smartphones and our pads, somebody can text us or email us or even call us, and we can do some quick replies, some auto-replies that are already loaded for you. Can't talk now in a meeting you don't have to type it all out. You can just kind of tap it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about? You need some new friends, okay? Or call you later. Or thanks. Or got your message. Or I'm out of the office until Monday. You know, there are these auto-replies that can just be sent easy that way. I think your auto-reply to every situation that would come up into your life, and you don't have to be weird in front of other people, but your auto-reply needs to be this. God will make a way. You get that doctor's report. You check your bank statement. You got that unexpected whatever. They said he did, she, what? Ever, all of these things, God will make a way. The language of faith, my auto reply to whatever's going to come my way, God will make a way. And I can say that with confidence, and you can say that with confidence because He made the heavens and the earth. He holds it all together. He's done thing after thing, time after time, and we should know that He is almighty and He is not limited, He is irresistible, He has all power. So can I figure it out? Probably not. But he can. My auto reply needs to be, God will make a way. Here's a principle before I close that we've, we've talked about for years here. And it's called this. Stay on the right side of the butt. Let me explain it because it needs some explaining, okay? Um, we have the language of Fear. We have the language of faith. We're dealing with reality. We have real life situations that come to our life and we're going to address the real life situation with one of those two languages. So as things come to us, something happens, we can choose how we address it. I believe that we don't deny, we don't hide, we don't don't deny that there's a situation. We just stay on the right side of the butt. But what a lot of people do is this. They're on the wrong side of it. The situation comes and they say this. God will make a way, but I have no idea what we're going to do. This is horrible. And I had a friend who went through this. And we end up on the wrong side speaking the language of fear. And you're going to crash yourself emotionally. You're going to drive down any faith that you do have. Your outlook's not going to be very good. I think you just shoulder up to the situation and said, the doctor said this, or this, this happened, or this is my situation. But, come on, everybody say but. but. But, God will make a way. It's okay to say, this is the situation. This is what I'm facing. I don't know what to do about this. I don't know why this hasn't changed yet. But, come on, God, God will make a way. And we can say that with confidence because he is almighty God. He is able. There's nothing impossible with God. There's nothing even difficult for God. And he loves you. He sees you. He knows your situation right now. I would choose to chime in with the language of faith. One of the best things you can add to your vocabulary uh, vocabulary is this. God will make a way. Can we say it one more time? God will make a way. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Amen. All right. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Please no moving about just these last few moments here. Hey, if you've never opened your heart and received Jesus as your Savior, listen, everybody needs a Savior. There is only one Savior, and He is Jesus. And you need him in your life. And I think you already know that. And it's not some hard process. Jesus has already made the way for this. The book of Revelation says that he stands at the door and knocks. and calls our name and he wants to come in and have fellowship with us. I believe that door is figurative of the, the door of your heart. He just wants to come into your life. He wants to come in and bring life and bring joy and bring purpose and meaning. And not just to give you a home in heaven one day, thank God for that, but to give you help here now in this life. And all that you need to do is to accept what he has done for you by the work of the cross and accept that invitation. Invite him in to your heart and into your life. And we do that by a very simple prayer that I want to lead you in right now. Others of you, Maybe you've received the Lord, but you know, hey, I need to get some things right with the Lord today. Use this same prayer. And let's all of us right now, let's pray this together. Father God, Father God, I come to you now, to you now. In, Jesus in Jesus' name. Jesus who loves me Jesus who loves gave himself, me. himself for me. Himself Lord, for me. I you, Lord, I love you, and I give myself to you. I ask you right now, you right now. Come, into come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Savior and be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, shed for me, forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new and set me free. Now fill me with your peace, with your joy, with the Holy Spirit, and with the assurance. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. And that's why I say, God will make a way. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for that right now. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, stay in place real quick. Pastor Ryan's going to come share a couple of very
0: important things, and then you'll be on your way. Can we just celebrate those who made a decision this morning for the first time? That's incredible. It never gets old, what God is doing. If you did make that decision today, before you leave, would you please grab this green card located in the seat back in front of you, fill this out, and as you leave, you can drop this off at one of our ushers. We want to be able to get some information in your hands to help you take your next steps as you go from where you are today to where God wants you to be. And if this was your first time here today, if you would, fill out the blue card, our connection card. And as you leave, drop this off at our VIP area located on the north or south entrance. Hand them this card and they're going to get you a coupon for a free drink from our cafe. Just a small way to say thank you so much for being with us today. And if you're ready to start speaking the language of faith, I encourage you to get into one of our message-based small groups. You can go right out into the lobby and find a group in your area and what we're doing is we're taking Pastor Tim's message, we're breaking out a few of those clips, creating some discussion questions to go along with those, and then you can do life with others as you grow in your faith. And then if you need any kind of prayer, we are always up here ready to pray for you. Otherwise, I hope you have an incredible rest of your Sunday. God bless you and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.